What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, George Shirley Jai Shields, here on this Wednesday, September the 8th, the year 2021, the three-year anniversary, so happy anniversary to the baddest sports talk podcast show in the land, the Amatel Like a TIS podcast with yours truly. I appreciate each and every single one of you that have, uh, whether you were with us in the beginning on September the 8th, 2018, or, or if you have just joined us within the recent year, I appreciate your support and your listenership. We got a lot to do today here on this uh, 2021 NFL season preview show of the Amatel Like a TIS podcast. I will get into here at the top of what to look uh, what to look for this NFL season. Preview the Cowboys Buccaneers kickoff game on Thursday night and then of course give you my 2021 NFL season predictions and of course uh, week one preview and picks as well to close out the program. But before we get to the Cowboys and the Bucks and the and my season predictions and the week one preview and everything else. Let me give you, <clears throat> excuse me, let me give you a couple of items uh, here to that to keep your eye on once a week one kicks off uh, officially on Thursday and you have your first Sunday of the NFL regular season uh, come uh, come Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. Uh, first off. An interesting item to look at is what the New England Patriots will go AFC first and the NFC second. Uh, it's how the Patriots will do in their second season post-Tom Brady, first with uh, Mac Jones at the helm as their quarterback. Um, so, you know, I, if you go back and go back and listen to the shows, I was not high on Mac Jones coming out of the draft. I think that he was a byproduct of the fact that he had a bunch of, uh, he had a bunch of first round offensive talent around him. He had a perfect team and a perfect situation with the greatest college coach of all time in Nick's in uh, Nick Saban. So, you know, it was kind of like, well, if he's, he's everything around him is perfect. Yeah. All he has to do is essentially not try to screw it up you know he had the record for most he had to set the record for a completion percentage last season everything else you know when you have Devonta Smith and you can you got Najee Harrison there in the backfield you know what, what you know what and Waddle and everybody else I mean it, it, it's not it's not a cent I know you have to still go out there and execute the plays but it wasn't exactly heavy lifting but Played well enough throughout training camp and uh, in the preseason to uh, send Cam Newton a uh, good night as far as his career with the New England Patriots uh, is concerned. And uh, he ended up getting a starting job. Be interesting to see what the Patriots, how the Patriots do in their second season post Brady, and what they and how they do, um, and how they do with their uh, with uh, Mac Jones at quarterback. For the first time, uh, for, excuse me, for his uh, rookie season here in 2021. If you go ahead and you look at the Patriots' 
uh, schedule as I pull up my uh, 2021 NFL facts and figures book on the PDF on my on the iPad. You know, you're not you know Chris Russo. Uh, God bless him, my pal. You know, loves to brag about. Oh, look at me! I got the NFL facts and figures book. You know, I can put my hands on it, thumb through it, everything else. Goodell signs it for me, everything else. But uh, you know, dog is still stuck in uh, in 1981. You know, we have the internet, we have uh, iPads, uh, we have MacBooks, and everything else. Um, you know, so when you gotta go ahead and find a New England Patriots schedule, you are going to find it. But the Patriots, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how Mac Jones, how Mac Jones adjusts to the NFL game. Will the game get? Will the get? Will the pace of the game and 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 you know, gr- these aren't college kids. These are grown. These are full grown adults. He's going to go up against players that have a, you know that have quite a got a few experience underneath their belt playing in a national football playing in a national football league, and it's going to be interesting to see you know how he adjusts to that and you know not every you know and he's going to have to get used to the fact that not every game he's going to play for the Patriots you know the final score is going to be this final score of the game is going to be uh you know uh, 50 53 to 0 or uh, or 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 41 13 or or 35 to nothing he's going to have to get used to the fact that hey it's this this is this is an upgrade now and the and the upgrade and the promotion whatever you want to call it it's gonna come. It's gonna come uh, with some learning curves. It's gonna come with some uh, with some sharp pieces of humble pie that he's gonna have to swallow if he wants to make it in the long term. As far as uh, as far as you know, when it comes to being an NFL quarterback, uh, here is the New England Patriots schedule. Um, they have uh, they got Miami week one, Jets, New Orleans, Tampa, Houston, Dallas, Jets, Chargers. Panthers, Cleveland, Atlanta, Tennessee, Buffalo, bye week, Colts, uh, Buffalo, Jacksonville. So they they have a very very they got a winnable schedule. Their hardest game, their hardest game, just at a just at a quick glance. Of course, outside the fact that they have Buffalo within their own division, is that they is that they play Tampa is that they play Tampa at home on that highly anticipated Monday night game. That's probably gonna that's gonna uh, break. How, that's gonna break a, a tremendous amount of records. Uh, the MLB post lucky for baseball. They do not their postseason uh, doesn't start until that Tuesday, and all the and all the, and that's I believe October the third is the first Sunday of the month of October, and that will be game one sixty two in the regular season where all the games will be done roughly uh, six o'clock Eastern time. So baseball doesn't have to worry about getting a postseason buried uh, by the uh, by the by uh, Brady's return to Foxborough. But it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts to the pro game. Team number two is the buff team number two to look at is the Buffalo Bills. This is a team that, you know, that had high anticipations. They make the playoffs thanks to Andy Dalton in two th- in two thousand and seventeen. They two thousand seventeen they get knocked out in a defense in a defensive slugfest against Jacksonville on the road in the first round of the playoffs. They had they have an underachieving season in two thousand 
thousand in two thousand and eighteen. Two thousand and nineteen, they bounce. They bounce back, make the playoffs, lose an overtime game to uh, to heat to Houston in the wild card round. They make the playoffs again, win their division for the first time for the first time in eons, win a playoff game for the first time in eons, uh, sending uh, or excuse me, putting an end to Philip Rivers' career, not just as the Indianapolis Colts quarterback, but as his but his NFL career altogether, winning that playoff game back in January. They advance to the divisional round, win a defensive win a defensive slugfest against the Baltimore Ravens on division on divisional uh, on divisional weekend on on a Saturday night with fans in the building, and then they go ahead and they play Kansas City. Looks like they have a little bit of momentum because they remember the Chiefs return the Chiefs returnman muffed muffed a punt earlier in the first quarter, uh, and the and the Bills and the Bills scooped it up and got into the end zone in an eyelash, uh, putting Kansas City in a very early hole that didn't last very long because after that it was it was the Mahomes Kelsey and Tyreek. Hill show uh, for the re- for the remainder of the game as the Buffalo Bills got back to the first AFC Championship game in quite a long time. Won two playoff games, won their division, so the season was a success. But you had a feeling that this team could have went, uh, you know, could have made the Super Bowl if everything went went right for them. Josh Allen had a career year up until this point. Stephon Diggs, we knew how good of a wide receiver he was uh, from his days with the Minnesota Vikings and and in the season that he had with Minnesota back in uh, the. And it's in the season that he had with Minnesota back in 2000, back in their miracle 2017 season. But he gets to Josh Allen. I said it ad infinitum all last season long of how uh, of how the Allen and Diggs connection was not was not just top ten, top five best wide receiver quarterback connections in the sport. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. How you know how Buffalo because Buffalo they've won up they've won they won their division so that's checked off their list they've they won two playoff games last year so that's checked off their list their goal depending on who you ask is it to host an AFC championship game and try to get best record in the AFC and you know and if you play Kansas City regardless of what round you play Kansas City in make sure you beat them or is or is it a Super Bowl or bust type of mentality very interesting uh on the part of the Buffalo Bills and then of course uh and then of course you stay within their division and you go down south to the state of Florida. You know how, is how the Miami Dolphins has how the Miami Dolphins uh, see things in 2021, and it all rests on the shoulders and on the left arm of Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, their uh, their second year quarterback out of the University of Alabama, many whom who thought was who thought was the uh, was the prize possession coming out of the 2020 uh, or heading into the 2020 draft until he until he wrecked until he wrecked his hip and my man Joe Burrow came on the scene over there at LSU, um, but it's you know the Dolphins' success hinders on how well Tua will, will perform. If Tua can play like he's a top 12, you know, in that top 12 to 15 uh, range as far as best quarterback in the sport, then the Dolphins will be A-OK. Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. They got a good defense. Uh, you know they went ten and six. They went ten and six last year and, and missed the. They were a, they were a negative COVID test uh, from Ryan Fitzpatrick away from from make, from making the playoffs. 
You know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't test positive for COVID the night before their season finale at the beginning of the calendar year against Buffalo, you know, the uh, the Miami Dolphins would have been in the playoffs. Went ten and six, missed the playoffs by an eyelash. It all it all hinders on how well Tua will improve. You know, his his arm, everything, his uh, his his presence as far as controlling a game and being that and being that field general that makes the all time great quarterbacks a la Dan Marino, the uh, the Hall of Fame Miami Dolphin QB. But their success all hinders on how Tua will improve. And and how well he plays in the clutch, and you know when the moment, you know, and if and whether or not if a moment gets too big for him, will he curl up into the fetal position? I'm saying that facetiously. I'm talking about his, uh, his you know, um, his uh, his quarterback play. Uh, crawls up into he crawls up into the fetal position and he can't bring his team home. Last year, Buffalo, last year Flores had had the luxury and had the benefit of having uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in his back pocket. Doesn't have that anymore. So all eyes and all the pressure will be on uh, will be on Tua here in 2021. Can Cleveland rise to expectations? Of course, in two of course in 2019, everybody had had tremendous expectations for Cleveland. They got Odell Beckham Jr. and all the weapons and everything else, and yet uh, in large part due to Freddie Kitchens' incompetence, you know, when the lights sh- uh, shine the brightest and when all the attention and all eyes and all expectations were going to were on the Cleveland Browns uh, two, two seasons ago, they could not rise to the occasion and they fell on their face uh, and they fell and they fell on their face and I ripped and I, you know, Baker talking and, and Baker was in your face and, and, and braggadocious and cocky and arrogant and everything else and the Cleveland Browns later complete big fat egg which I did not let them uh which I did not let them uh fig- which I did not let them uh forget back in 2019 they swallowed that sharp piece of humble pie which they desperately needed they were the Cleveland Bra- Cleveland Browns hadn't done it hadn't done anything hadn't done anything other than uh getting first round draft picks and 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 the firestorm that comes with the Cleveland Browns off the field, they had they had done nothing since they had done nothing since the 1990s as far as being a playoff contender. They had done nothing in this current century. The Browns needed that sharp piece of humble pie. Did did them a great did them a great service heading into 2020, where a lot of people were kind of eh. They were like, well, they dis- well we hyped them up, uh, we hyped them up like crazy prior to 2009. Nineteen, they disappointed. You know, whatever we get with two thousand and twenty, you know, who knows? This Kevin Stefanski guy coming from coming from Minnesota, we'll see. And then next thing you know, and then next thing you know, the uh, the Cleveland Browns have a winning season and make the playoffs for the first time in eighteen years and win themselves a playoff game, upsetting their division rival Pittsburgh on Sunday night and on on uh, on Sunday night football in front of everybody and and made 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 the at the time the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and their fan base sweat and shiver in their boots. In the divisional round, the 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 following Sunday, where you know if they would have called that obvious helmet to helmet penalty on Daniel Sorengen, and uh, and it wouldn't have been for that stupid asinine uh, touchback rule, 
uh, in the first half. And if it would not have been, if they would have found a way to stop Chad Henney on a third, on a third and long, and and stop and find a way to to get eyes on Tyree Killen at fourth and inches, the Cleveland Browns would have been in the, it would have shocked the world and would have ended up in the AFC Championship game. Because they they I tell you this, they played they played a lot, they played Kansas City a lot better than uh, than than Buffalo did. Buffalo basically showed up against Kansas City for five minutes. Said, "All right, we did our part. Let's call it a night." You know, the the Cle- the Cleveland Browns made made Kansas City earn their trip to their third straight AFC Championship game. But it is be interesting to see how Cleveland will handle, uh, you know, new expectations heading into 2019. They had great expectations, disappointed. Nobody expected anything from them in 2020. Came within an eyelash of making it to the AFC Championship game. Now, with a little bit of a resume, they're expected to do big things in 2021. Coming off of a winning season, coming off of a, of a season where they made the playoffs coming off of the season where they won a playoff game, you know, be interesting to see how Cle- how Cleveland does this season. They open up a, they open up against Kansas City right out of the gate. It's going to be their their biggest test all year. It's, it's the first game of the season. We'll see what Cleveland's made of uh, as uh, on Sunday. You know, can Odell can Odell bounce back and be a uh, positive and a uh, con- and a and a uh, and a contribution to the offense in the passing game and help out Baker Mayfield and his college buddy uh, Jarvis Landry and. Uh, and and the rushing attack of uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield, you know the, the Cleveland Browns offense, uh, f- you know flowed flowed superbly when when Odell went down with that torn Achilles against my against my Bengals last fall. They flowed they. Oh, they were magnificent. They ran the ball. Uh, they ran the ball great. When Baker Mayfield had to make had to make some throws, he made them. You know, didn't tra- you know? Because you notice in the early parts of the season for uh, for Cleveland, you know, when he tried, you know, I mean, they got their they got their doors blown off in in Baltimore against the Ravens week one. You know, you forget. You know, for as great as the season Cleveland had, you forget that they got absolutely embarrassed, embarrassed. By the Ravens uh, in Week One, where th- where their offense was an a- was an absolute eyesore to watch. But can they handle? Can they handle the praise and the well deserved expectations coming off of a grade of a season that they had last year, heading into this year? And where and what and what will that look like as far as Cleveland? You know, do they win their division? Do they get best seed in the AFC? Are they a sleeper team to go to the Super Bowl? Only time will tell for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, their interstate division rival, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, who uh, from the uh, from the Lake Erie to the Ohio River. It's about time that my Cincinnati Bengals has put up a shut up time. And in particular, I'm talking about Zach Taylor. He's won six games in his two years as uh, head coach as head coach for this uh, for this franchise in the NFL. It's put up a shut up time. You know, I don't expect the offensive line to be the hogs of the 1990s uh, Redskin teams, but it's put up a shut up time for them. You know, I don't, I, I should not have, I should not have to come on here. You know, after uh, let's say for sake of conversation, after the Bear game, because Khalil Mack is in, is because Khalil Mack is breathing down uh, Joe Burrow's neck every single time he drops back to pass. That I, I I don't want to have to deal with that, and I shouldn't. And before the month is out, 
uh, before the month is out and before uh the clocks go back an hour. I shouldn't be on here having to scream and yell because 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 the Bengals offensive line is literally no better than it was uh than it was last season when when you had a bunch of walking turnstiles as offensive as offensive linemen to protect your franchise quarterback number one pick, uh former Heisman Trophy winner, national champion and Joe Burrow. So they, it's put up a shut up time. You know, and I no, I don't want no excuses, none. Joe Burrow needs to be out there on the field. He needs to be healthy. He's got to play the full seventeen games. Don't coddle him. Don't baby him. He played three snaps in the entire preseason. That was two weeks ago. None against Tampa. None against uh, none against Washington, and none against Washington. Put up a shut up time. You went out there. You signed Riley Reef. You moved. You moved around some players. You cut some players that you had to cut. Put up a shut up time. You won six. You've won six games in your life as NFL head coach in two years. By the time the season, by the time the season's over, that needs that needs to that needs that uh, that his uh his the the number of wins in his career head coaching win column needs to be between needs to be between 13 and 16 for Zach Taylor any anything anything less than 7 and 10 is a failure i'm not saying that i'm expecting them to make the playoffs and win double digit games but anything less than 7 and 10 7 and 10 formerly 7 and 9 is is a is a failure because last year was supposed to be the season where five and eleven, six and ten was supposed was 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 supposed to be acceptable. So because of the fact that you had to deal with Burrow essentially for the second half of the season, you're kind of behind. You're a little bit behind schedule. Because this is supposed to be the season where you know where you're flirting with five hundred at some point in the season. And once or twice throughout the season, people people mention the Bengals and the word playoffs in the same sentence. So they gotta make they gotta make they gotta have some signs and show some signs of life and make some improvement. Offensive line has to be better. I don't want to see Jamar Chase drop nine thousand footballs that gets thrown his way, and I do not want to see the Bengals defense collapse in the fourth quarter and in the second half like it did at infinitum like it did at infinitum last season whether whether it be whether it be against Cleveland whether it be against Cleveland at home whether it be against um whether it be against uh let, letting the uh, whether it be letting the Chargers whether let, let it be the Chargers come back against them last season uh-uh not doing it not putting up with it not tolerating it not accepting it put up or shut up time for Zach Taylor for Zach Taylor and this football team. Come on. Now it's not supposed to be, you know, now it's supposed to be the part of the quote-unquote rebuild where you begin to show some signs of improvement. You know, in ba- in baseball terms, this this is a, this is the time where this is a time where you know you got to be hovering around five hundred, and if you win, you know, 83, 82, 83, 84 games, your season's a success. You you lose you lose. You 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 know if you go seventy and nine you know it's supposed to put it in baseball terms where if you win sixty five games if this if this is baseball your seat your seat if your if your win total is in the sixties especially in the low mid sixties your season's a failure. 
put up a shut-up time for them. And the Green Bay Packers have to get to a Super Bowl. You know, after all of the offseason machinations with Rod- with Rodgers versus Gunakist in the, in the Packers front office and, and Devontae Adams stands with Aaron Rodgers, uh, lock, stock, and barrel, and, and, and the Green Bay Packers front office is this, the Green Bay Packers front office is that. All the turmoil and all the garbage that went, that, 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 that transpired essentially from draft night till about, till about late July after all that. On top of the fact that you uh, once again sputtered down the stretch in the NFC Championship game back in January in the fourth quarter, where you had a chance to put the nail in the uh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneer coffin, and you failed and you failed to do so. Number one seed NFC, everything else, first NFC Championship game the Packers uh, had ever played in in the Aaron Rodgers era, and they still couldn't get it done. And uh, and take the George Hallis Trophy and advance to a and advance to what would what could have been Aaron Rodgers' second Super Bowl. So you have all of that: the disappointment of last season, not getting to a Super Bowl and losing the NFC Championship game at home, and of course all the turmoil and all the foolishness that transpired all spring and summer long. Packers have to get to a Super Bowl. In my eyes, they get to Super Bowl, they gotta win it. Unless unless they play Kansas City, unless they play Kansas City, where you can go if they lose to Kansas City, it's Patrick Mahomes. Okay, unless they unless they get to Super Bowl and and for the sake of conversation have to play Kansas City, you make the argument that if they get to Super Bowl, they gotta win it. So you know, all things being equal, the Packers have to get to Super Bowl in my eyes in order for them to in order for their season to be a success. But they can't get to a Super Bowl and lose to Josh Allen and or, or or and lose to these teams: the Bills, the Ravens, or the Browns. You, you can't or you can't lose you can't lose to those teams. You can't get to Super Bowl and 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 lose and lose to three teams whose starting quarterback is the, it, they're they're much younger than Rodgers is. They're inexperienced and it would be their first Super Bowl in their young careers. You can't you can't get there and lose to Lamar Jackson, who a few years ago couldn't win a playoff game. Lose to jo- lose to the young Josh Allen. No disrespect to him, but again, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers should not. You, you, that can't happen. So they got to get to a Super Bowl, and unless they play Kansas City, unless they play Kansas City, it would be the only outlier. If they get to Super Bowl, they cannot lose to Buffalo, Baltimore, or Cleveland, and expect to get away with any scrutiny. They can't. But they got to get to Super Bowl in general. That that's uh, that's the first thing, and then uh, and the most importantly, especially after everything that's gone on from essentially January, whatever that day that conference championship game was, uh, uh, you know, after everything that's transpired within that within and outside of that organization from essentially January twenty fourth to late July, they have to get to a Super Bowl. Have to. And it'd be interesting to see if the New Orleans Saints, uh, who I'm not picking to go to the Super Bowl this year, by the way, spoiler alert, uh, who are the Saints who, like the Patriots, have to deal with life post their Hall of Fame quarterback 
and of course not Tom Brady, but of course, but uh, Drew Brees. And then will Jameis Winston be able to bounce back and resurrect his career when he was nothing but a turnover machine? Uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That'll be interesting to see. Can Tampa repeat? They got one of the easiest schedules. Uh, they got one of the easiest schedules this season. They brought back all, I believe it was 22 of their of their starting players. Yes, they tinkered and added uh, Giovanni Bernard and, and little, you know, and this, that, and the other, but brought back all of their starters. Brady's back. The coaches are back. You know, everybody on the team's vaccinated, so COVID shouldn't be a big issue. And they got one of the easiest schedules in the sport. And the only game, and I looked at it early this, or, uh, and I looked at it early before I came on here. The only game I can honestly look at and see the and see the uh, Buccaneers losing would be the Patriot game. Would be would be would be the Patriot game, and that's only based on circumstance. And, and, and everything surrounding that game, as far as Brady returning to Foxborough, but the but Tampa could honestly go seventeen and zero. Easy schedule. Everybody's back. Greatest quarterback of all time. What? what there's no. I believe they brought back every assistant coach as well. COVID won't shouldn't be a big thing because everybody on the team's vaccinated. If you know, unless Antonio Brown loses his mind, then then you know maybe not. But no, no, no excuse why this team can't go seventeen and zero. Because because when because on paper you look at the schedule, they really should go. They really should go undefeated. If 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 you're being if you're being honest about it, they should. Cardinals have to make the playoffs, uh, or kick uh our uh, or kick. My least favorite coach in the league, Cliff Kingsbury, out the door. You know, no excuse. You know, you no excuse. You, now I understand that he that he's injury prone, and you can make the argument that he's probably past his prime, but he's not dead. That you brought AJ Pro Bowler AJ Green, Pro Bowl wide receiver and AJ Green from Cincinnati in free agency. You got him. You got DeAndre Hopkins. You went out there. You got JJ Watt in the off season. You know. Isaiah Simmons sitting there, the uh, the linebacker out of Clemson. No excuse for the Arizona Cardinals to not make the playoffs. Win the division? Eh. You don't have to win the division. You play one of the hardest divisions in football. You're still, uh, at, for the most part, a young, inexperienced team. And, and like I said, you play in the hardest divisions in football. That'd be ask, that'd be asking a lot. But what you can't do is sit up there is is have a very up and down, inconsistent season, or come or come out of the or come out of the gate uh, with a bang. One of the best teams in football, you know, in mid around mid October, have a great record. Hell, even spent a couple of weeks uh, early on in the season in first place. And then, you know, after Thanksgiving, collapse down the stretch and lose the teams that you have no business losing to. So, so Arizona's got Arizona's got to make the playoffs. Or in my eyes, Cliff Kingsbury should be out the door because because and I and I will and until they make the playoffs, shut me up and have a little bit of uh, some of uh, somewhat success with Cliff Kingsbury as their head coach with the excellent Kyler Murray at quarterback. They, I will um, again until they shut me up and 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 uh, and. Uh, and uh, make me eat crow. I'm gonna continue to say this, and I'm gonna continue to bring this up and recall this because you, in my eyes, 
until you make the playoffs and maybe even win a playoff game. I will not forget until they do so about what they did in week 17 going up against John Wolford, a quarterback out of either the AAF or, or the XFL or wherever, who the, who the Rams signed earlier that week who had to speed learn the team playbook at the, at the 11th hour last minute and a do-or-die week 17 game where you where you win the game, you're in the playoffs. I will never forgive, especially more. This is more about Clingsbury than than anybody on the Cardinal team. But I will never forget nor forgive until they show me otherwise. When on a third, I believe it was it was third and long. I'm a, for the sake of conversation, I would just say it was third and 15. Never forgive them for it for calling a, on a third and 15 around midfield with, I believe, less than six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They're down by a score, and they they decided on a third and 15, third and 18, whatever it was, to call a read option play, to call Kyler Murray's number on a read option play when when he was playing the majority of that game on one good leg. They got to get to the playoffs or it's out with Kingsbury. I said it at the time and I'll say it again. That was ridiculous. I don't, I don't remember the, the exact circumstance off the top of my head. If you want that, you can go back in the show archives and listen and, uh, and you'll hear me uh, say, and you'll hear me uh, give you the, uh, the game circumstance verbatim. But for him, all I, what I do remember is that the game was close. They were down by, I believe, a score. Maybe it might have been two scores. Late fourth quarter, third and long, he calls a he calls a quarterback option play in the midfield. And in the mid, I believe they were on their own side of the fifty yard line, if not a, if not a few yards over mid if not a few yards across midfield. And on a third and long, they call a QB option play when Kyler Murray played that game on one good leg. That that was ridiculous. And lastly, as we wrap it up here, to wrap up this first segment, and, and as far as the NFC West, uh, another NFC West point, put up a shut-up time for Matt Stafford, too. You know, I've I've been reading, I've been hearing all over the net, you know, in national media on on the internet and reading everything else about how there are people that a think that the Rams are going to win the division and b are crazy enough to pick them to go to the Super Bowl. Put up a shut up time for Matthew Stafford and the and the Rams for that matter. You know, you you you, you were lucky because Russell Wilson, for whatever the reason. You know, failed to show up, and Pete Carroll wasn't exactly uh, Vince Lombardi in the game either. Uh, against the Rams in the opening round of the playoffs back in January, and then you laid a complete fat egg and were flat as a pancake against the Green Bay Packers the next weekend in, in the cold and the harshness of uh, Lambeau Field. Put up a shut-up time for the Rams and especially Stafford. All I ever hear and all I heard about was Matthew Stafford gets the short end of the stick. Matthew Stafford is, is an underrated quarterback. He's better than people give him credit for. He had a, 
he had, he was stuck in the doldrums of uh, Detroit of the Detroit Lions rebuilding since 1957 all those years blah 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 played in the same division as Aaron Rodgers blah 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 all oh, it's all I ever hear is, is woe is me for Matt Stafford yeah, people seem to forget that it wasn't like that in throughout those 11 years he failed to make the playoffs. And it wasn't like for, I believe, half of those 11 years, maybe a little bit more than that, where he had a, uh, where he had a wide receiver that just got inducted into the Hall of Fame of, uh, three weeks ago in, uh, in, in Calvin Johnson as his number one wide receiver choice. And don't sit up here and tell me that, oh, well, where was his running game? Yeah, there were plenty of teams that made that made that made the playoffs that did not have a running game. I mean, I I I ragged on them all season long, but the Pittsburgh Steelers made the made the playoffs last season. When, you know, their running game was one of the was one was at the bottom of the totem pole last season. I mean, so where you know where's their running game? I mean, come on. I mean, the, the Buffalo Bills didn't run the didn't run the football great. One like they had, uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch and Thurman Thomas carrying the load in their backfield last season. They got to the AFC Championship game. So all I ever hear is is the excuses, excuses, excuses for Matthew Stafford and why he isn't better than he should be and everything else. Put up a shut up time for him. He's out of Detroit. He's that you know he's he's well he's Detroit should be flipping the page. Detroit should be a distant memory for him, distant memory. He's on a new team, new expectations, new division, new everything, new coach, new weapons, new everything. I understand that they lost Cam Makers with a torn Achilles. Could care less. Get it done. Get it done. I don't want to hear on you know and 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 I agree with I agree with McVeigh's criticism of golf, but he but but at the but at the same time McVeigh at times thinks of himself you know as as the greatest coach as as the greatest coach you know west of the Mississippi. Uh, now I w- agree with the fact and I agree with him wanting golf gone, but he, but at times he he blames golf. For everything but the Kennedy assass- assassination, because let's be fair, it's not like that. Sean McVay, you know, is uh, you know, is Dick is Dick Vermeil. I mean, you got to be, you got to be honest. So it's also time for him too. He can't bl- bl- using golf as a as a scapegoat. There's no more too. Put up a shut up time for Stafford. Yada yada Detroit. Enough with the excuses. Enough with the excuses and passing the buck. Put up a shut-up time for Matthew Stafford. New team, new coach, new teammates, new expectations, new city. New city. I don't understand for the life of me why people are picking them to win the division and even more strangely to win the Super Bowl. Hell, go to the Super Bowl. But they need to prove, he and Stafford need to prove me wrong. You know, and, and and getting to the playoffs is not good enough. He got to the playoffs and didn't and didn't win a thing with the Detroit Lions. Lost a playoff game on the road to Seattle. Lost the playoff game on the road to Drew Brees, and lost the playoff game on the road to Tony Romo. Getting to the playoffs for the Rams and Matthew Stafford is not good enough. And you're not going to sit up here and surprise me and say, "Oh wow, look at that!" It's now look and see what Matthew Stafford can do getting to the playoffs. People don't remember that, but he did it three times with the, with the Detroit Lions. And getting to the playoffs is not good enough. Show me a little sum and get your team to the NFC Championship game. 
and and get your team to the NFC Championship game because you put your team on on their back on your back and got them there. Getting to the playoffs not good enough for the Rams or for Matt Stafford. Get to the NFC Championship game. You know, either host or or go or go to a conference championship game against against Brady and the Bucks or Rodgers and the Packers. Then you'll show me something, and if and if Stafford plays well in doing so, then he'll get me to shut up. Until then, enough of Matthew Stafford. That's where we begin here on the Amitella Katiyas Podcast 2021 NFL Preview Show. I will preview the Cowboys and the Bucks kickoff game in a flash. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS Podcast 2021 NFL Season Preview Show. Um, just a quick item of business before I get to the Buccaneers and the Cowboys. Um, just some quick NFL news. Uh, Ravens signed Le'Veon Bell on Tuesday, joining their practice squad, adding some extra depth in their wide receiver room. Of course, J.K. Dobbins towards ACL in the uh in a uh, preseason finale against Washington, and and of course the Ravens had um uh, the Ravens had another uh, wide receiver or another running back Justice Hill that um uh, that uh, hurt himself uh, hurt himself recently. He's out for the entire twenty one uh, season. Uh, he is out for the entire two thousand twenty one season as well. Gus Edwards, Tyson Wood. That's how you pronounce his name. Gus Edwards, of course, number one, and Tyson Williams, uh, running back number two, will share the uh, will share the running duties along with Lamar Jackson. One would think in their uh, season debut on Monday night uh, in Vegas against the Raiders. Uh, what uh, six uh, uh, six five days uh, from now? So they add Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad, provide them some extra depth. You'd be crazy to think that you won't see Le'Veon Bell in a Ravens uniform and uh, having some uh, game action. Uh, you'd think you know the Ravens put him on the practice squad because training camp is officially over. They have the final fifty three already set, and they of course want to get Le'Veon Bell, the former uh, Steeler Jet. 
and now Kansas City chief running back uh, to get him up to speed as far as the playbook is concerned. And you would imagine with the Ravens, you know, he'd, you know, you'd see, you'd, he would, you would think that Le'Veon Bell would see some game action for the Ravens before the month of September uh, is out. So he will provide some much needed depth and experience uh, for the Ravens running backs. Uh, and you would also would figure, you know, J.K. Dobbins, he and Gus Edwards are, is the one-two punch that they have. Uh, Tyson Williams, you know, a young young back in this league. You, you I mean, this is just my intuition that they would kind of uh, take Williams out and, and see if Le'Veon Bell, you know, throw Le'Veon Bell up on the wall, so to speak, and hope it sticks because, you know, D Gus Edwards knows the system. He's one of their best backs they have on the team. And then Le'Veon Bell provides that tremendous amount of ex uh, much needed running back experience that the Ravens need, not only in that running back room, but just uh, on, but just on the team in general, they got uh, Sammy Watkins in the off season. Uh, the one of the best defensive players, Matthew Judon, went to the Patriots. So they adding, they're adding, uh, they added depth, and they also get some veteran experience uh, among the among the uh, members of the fifty three in time for the two thousand and twenty one season. Um, and in switching gears now to the Cowboys Buccaneers kickoff game uh, that will take place uh, on Thursday on Thursday night. Um, my my estimation and how this game is going to go would not shock me if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blow the Cowboys out the freaking water. Um, because of the fact that the you know I gotta see it to believe it that the Cowboy defense is going to be improved even with Dan Quinn as a new defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not sold exactly. This not just not just for this game, but it's just for the Cowboy season as a whole. I'm not entirely sold of how uh, Mike McCarthy will uh, will do as f for a head for the as their head coach. Um, I think he you know he he showed his true colors and really showed and exposed what Aaron Rodgers uh, masked up a, uh, like 95 percent of the time during his days as the Green Bay Packer. Uh, as the Green Bay Packer head coach a few, you know, a few years ago. Uh, and then of course you go with the Dallas Cowboys, you know, I got to see it to believe it with Zeke that he's going to be back to his old form prior to the, to the big fat contract extension he got a few years ago. I got to see it to believe it that his fumbling issues are the, are a thing of the past. Uh, he cost the Cowboys many a points and many a gains, uh, fumbling the football left and right before and after Prescott's uh, ankle injury, which ended his season last October. Got to, you know, I don't think the ankle will be an issue for Prescott. I think his shoulder might, which is something I have to see uh, to believe. Didn't get any preseason action. You see, you, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a recurring trend that you see every single season with a. With a with a good deal amount of teams who rest their star players during training camp, and then they and then they come out rusty the first few weeks of the season. And it takes them to, you know, the last game in the month of September or the entire month of September, heading into early October, for you know for their play, you know for their star players 
to get to get their feet under them and to start playing, you know, and start to get the get the game pace and get the game flow down and everything else. So maybe it might be with the maybe it might be that way with the Cowboys. Prescott having you know first real game action since he broke his ankle against the Giants last October. Then of course dealing with the shoulder injury, which sidelined sidelined him throughout the majority of training camp this past August. So. Interesting to see that, you know, McCarthy, not sure. Zeke with his fumbling issues, not sure. Prescott, how the, I'm not, I think he'll be fine with his ankle. The shoulder is what's going to concern me because this is, because it's, because it's of more of a recent uh, injury that I think has, I think is going to uh, pay, is going to have a larger effect on how he plays in his ankle. I understand the ankle, you got to drop back and, and uh, up and you know and you know he's playing on he you know he's he doesn't have any prosthetic legs so I understand that you know his legs is what holds him up but you know if his ankle bothers him you know it, it affects it affects how he plays his the position to a fault but if his shoulder is lousy how he throws the football is is going is going to be hindered you know is going is is going to be hindered ninety five percent of the of the bad shoulder you know if his if his ankle's feeling sore he might not be as mobile and some throws might be might be a little uh, subpar than others because of how because uh, because the uh, lack of motion of how he and his uh, and the and the bad ability of how he can set his feet. But I'm more worried about the shoulder injury, which sidelined him during training camp, and and he. And I, I don't think I'm. I, I don't think I'm making this up, but I don't think he played any preseason games. First game action since uh, you know since since October. Come Thursday, be his first game that he played since since October against the Giants, and he and it's and it's a tough test and a tough ask for him to go up against the Super Bowl champions in that vaunted defense on the road to begin the new season. It's asking an awful lot. Brady is Brady's used to playing these uh these kickoff games on a Thursday night to begin the season. You know he's been itching and raring to go to see if he can do the impossible uh and win championship number eight. Uh like I said at at the top they brought back all twenty two starters. Wouldn't shock me if this would be an absolute bloodbath uh, in favor of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and also wouldn't shock me if if the Buccaneers' offense comes out a flat, comes out flat just a tad. You know they keep the uh, they keep the Cowboys close, and in, in typical Cowboy fashion, they blow it late, and Tom Brady goes on one of his uh, signature hallmark game-winning drives to win the game late in the fourth quarter. So. How how the how the game turns out will be very interesting. I think that I think Tampa is going to win regardless, whether it be by blowout, whether it be in a in a in a in a highly contested, uh, tough, close, hard nosed football game. I think Tampa is going to come out uh, on top. Uh, it's just going to be whether or not will the Cowboys show will the Cowboys show some fight and will the Cowboys show up. Or will everything break Tampa's way and they'll just have their way for sixty minutes uh come Thursday come Thursday night down in Tampa at Raymond James Stadium. So that's where you stand as far as you got Le'Veon Bell joining the Ravens. Uh the kickoff preview between Tampa and the Cowboys. Take a break. My favorite time of the year, whether it be prior to the basketball, the baseball, or the football season, it's prediction time. I'm going to tell like I can tell you this podcast.
Let's get it. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast, the 2021 NFL season preview show. So it is about that time. Um, I've what, honestly one of my favorite, uh, as much as I enjoy ranting and raving and the and the, and the guests that we have on the show and everything else, one of my favorite things to do on this show and one of my favorite days or slash shows out of the calendar year that I do that I do is the NFL season preview shows I get to preview the season uh predict uh give you my predictions for the season and of course uh, give you my uh, Super Bowl prediction and just in case you forgot uh my uh Super Bowl pick could have been better. Although, out of the four teams I picked to go to the conference championships, uh, two out of the four made it. That was the Chiefs and the Packers. Ravens and Saints, of course, got knocked out the round previous. Uh, I did Ravens and Saints. I picked the Saints in the Super Bowl to go to the Super Bowl again. Uh, after they lost to Tampa, I said to myself, I'm not doing that again. That's the, that's the last time I'm ever doing that. So, spoiler alert, the Saints are not my NFC representative to be in Super Bowl 56 this season. Um, I picked the Ravens. I was really confident about and having the Ravens win the whole thing. That's not going to be the case. Um, but without first, so that's how it went in 2020. Drew, had Drew Brees winning MVP. It went to Aaron Rodgers. Um, comeback player of the year, Cam Newton. I forget, I forget who won it, but it won Cam and coach of the year was not Bill Belichick. It was, uh, Kevin Stefanski. So that's just to wet your whistle on my, uh, 2020 NFL season predictions. But without further ado, and yes, I will give the over-unders, uh, in case you want, in case you want them, but without further ado, it's time for my 2021 NFL season predictions. None like having the music back. We will start in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills. They're over under number for the season is at 11. I will go over with that. There is a chance, and I would not be surprised if the team underachieves because of the turmoil within the locker room because Mr. Anti-Vex Cole Beasley causing up a storm and ruining it, and in my eyes from afar, ruining the great team camaraderie and the great team chemistry this team had, which was, which was which in large part 
was the reason why they succeeded so much last season and back in 2019. Their over-under is at 11. I go over. I think they win the division, finish in first place at 13-4. The Miami Dolphins, their over-under over -under number for the season is 9.5. I think they will go over. Wouldn't shock me if they go under because, because it all depends, like I said at the top, on the quarterback play. Of Tua Tagovailoa, but if Tua plays well, Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. And if you look at my Twitter feed, I said, uh, I said, uh, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before on the 29th, that he reminds me of, that he's essentially the Black Bill Belichick of how he carries himself, how he coaches, his demeanor, his facial expressions, how he handles the media. Hell, he's a Bill, he's a Bill Belichick disciple, so it wouldn't shock me that he's essentially. Uh, Bill Belichick minus the, minus the Super Bowl championships and of course that he's a black man and bald and not a white man with a little bit of hair on top of his head but anyway uh, I say that laugh that was funny um, but if all goes well they got a hell of a defense and they finally got themselves a coach I believe the Miami Dolphins will finish the season at 11-6 and six in second place Third place, speaking of Bill Belichick, uh, is the New England Patriots. Their over-under number is 9.5. They went 7-9 last season. Uh, you know, a disappointing season considering the season before they made the playoffs and two seasons prior to that, they won the Super Bowl. You want, you don't expect Bill Belichick to stay down for very long, folks. Yes, they're in a rebuilding. They're in a somewhat rebuilding mode, but Bill Belichick is getting up there in age. I, don't, I guarantee he doesn't want to spend... Uh, his last remaining years, however long it might be, you know, rebuilding the New England Patriots. He wants to still go out there and prove these, that he's still the greatest coach of all time and that he can win Super Bowls without, uh, without his quarterback of 20 seasons in Tom Brady. I believe the New England Patriots will improve on their 2020, season, uh, 2020 record. Keep in mind, 17 games. I think the Patriots, their over-under number is at 9.5. I'll go over the Patriots, finish in third place in their division with a 10-7 and record. And then the New York Jets. Oh, boy, the New York Jets were an eyelash away of drafting Trevor Lawrence. They got Zach Wilson and company. Uh, Zach Wilson, who they drafted out of BYU, the former, def uh, former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, and Robert Salas, the new head coach. They're over under number for the season. If I can pull up, uh, pull it up here on my little website. It is at six. I will go slightly under with that. They will finish the season in last place at five and twelve. Uh, is where I have the New York Jets finishing in the 2021 season. And then you look towards the AFC North. As we get to my neck of the woods, I have in first place. So, just to recap, in the, NFC, in the AFC East, Bills win a division. Dolphins are a wild card team. I will, I will break down the wild card seedings in just a little bit. Um, as far as the AFC North is concerned, I believe the Cleveland Browns win a division at 14 and three. Their over/under number for the season is at 10 and a half. Which I believe, you know, they, you know, they got to answer the bell to Ken C right out the gate. But you'd think a team. I understand that, like, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, how they handle expectations is yet to be determined, and how that offense gels with Odell back and healthy again, still a question mark. But 
the Cleveland Browns is only up for them for a franchise that suffered as long as they have here in this century. Cleveland Browns to win a division, finish the season with a 14 and 3 record in the AFC North, winning their first division title in quite some time. Second place, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Their over/under number is at 11. No J.K. Dobbins towards ACL in the preseason finale against Washington. Matthew Judon, one of their best players on defense, is now a New England Patriot. That is also a negative. Their wide receiver, they brought in Sammy Watkins in the offseason. Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver who they drafted out of Minnesota, will not be uh, will not uh, be with them for the first month or so to begin the new year. But they still got the 2019 unanimous MVP and Lamar Jackson at quarterback. They still have one of the best rushing games in the sport. Their cornerbacks, their secondary is off the chart. They can get after the quarterback with as, as, as any team that you throw up there in the National Football League. Hell of a defense, good coach in Harbaugh. Baltimore Ravens will be okay with a 13-4 and record in second place, losing the division to Cleveland by a game in the AFC North. Still got to prove to me that they can beat Kansas City. They'll be their first and their biggest test of the season when their seat, their home opener week two on Sunday night football against Kansas City. Still got to prove to me that they can beat Kansas City to take that next step. They got to play the NFC North, so they got to run into Rodgers and company. Um, and then they play the second place team in the NFC West, which is the Rams. So who the, who the Ravens beat the ever-living crap out of on Monday Night Football back in 2019. But the Ravens will be alright, finishing with a 13-4 record, getting a wild card spot in the AFC North. And then, of course, you come down to my Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, boy. there! If you want to you know what the Bengals' uh, over-under number is for the season... Um, you know, I tell you, with the Bengals, you never know with them. Every any single time you expect them to do something, they come out flat as a pancake and disappoint you and and stab you in your heart when it matters the most. Their over under number for the season is at six and a half. I have it slightly over. I pray to God that maybe they get lucky with a couple of games. They they get a call. You know, they're on the right, they're on the positive side of ref ball, a team makes a mistake, uh, poor coaching, bad quarterback play, a turnover, something. Maybe, or maybe, maybe they get lucky, uh, franchise has been through enough heartache and pain, Joe Burrow stays off the ground, offensive line is solid, not great, but solid and certainly better than last year, get decent play. Jamar Chase breaks out of the dropsies, which ailed him all throughout the preseason. Tyler Boyd T. Higgins will show up. Joe Mixon will stay healthy, and when he's healthy, he's one of the best backs in all of football. Nobody can change my mind otherwise. When he's healthy, uh, Joe Mixon's a hell of a running back, and that was a great pick by Marvin Lewis and company when they drafted him a few years ago. Um, they got Trey Hendrickson, who's a good pass rusher from the Saints, who had a good season for them last year. They got they got a good they got a good secondary. Good, you know, they got one of the best safeties in the game. Uh, and Jesse Bates, Von Bell is no snooze either. Linebacker is their is their weak spot on defense, and they got a and they, they were unable to develop any sort of pass rush. I mean, if the Bengals went up against their own pass rush all season long, Joe Burrow would have played all 16 games. But they didn't, and that's one of the reasons why the Bengals lost as many games as they did is because of the piss-poor pass rush that they had. With the with Carl Lawson now out for the season with the New York Jets, he's out the door. 
Geno Atkins is out the door as well, along with Carlos Dunlap. Be interesting to see how the Bengals do. Their over-under number for the season is at five, or excuse me, six and a half. I have it slightly over. Bengals finish in third place in the division at seven and ten. Then in last place in the AFC North is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're over under number for the season. It feels like deja vu. I'm back saying this again. Same time last year. Now they now I was I was kind of right because they ended up proving me how overrated of a team that they were uh, down the stretch. But they did start the season 11-0, all things being considered. It was a weak schedule and it was uh, smoke and mirrors and fraud and fraudulent play which is how they started out 11-0 because you saw how they ended the season. I don't understand that there's quite a few people that are high on Pittsburgh. I don't understand. I saw Dan Hanses release his his pre-week one power rankings. There's not a chance in hell you can convince me or give me any reason why the Steelers are the 10th best team in the sport, let alone 10th best team in the AFC. Um, I just I just don't see that the see that at all. Their offensive line is depleted. Uh, they had, they quite a few guys. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva is gone. He's with the Ravens. Pouncey retired. They got a depleted. They got a depleted offensive line. Could be one of the worst in the sport. Big Ben is shot. He's not getting any younger. His arm strength isn't what it used to be. He lost one of his greatest assets, which is why he's going to go down historically as a Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's his, of his ability to extend plays with his feet, scrambling, uh, scrambling in, out, and around the pocket to find receivers open downfield. Their wide receiving core is very overrated. Ch- uh, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster is certainly not a stalwart. And uh, Lynn Swan, that's for sure. Or Santonio Holmes and uh, Heinz Ward. Uh, or Antoine Randall-L for that matter. And their wide receivers, a la Schuster, or excuse me, i.e. Schuster and uh, Claypool, are more interested in getting hits and likes on TikTok and doing these asinine commercials and being social media influencers instead of being football players. And and uh, and I and I'm so sick and tired of hearing the reason and the excuse with Tomlin. Well, he's ne- well, he's never had a losing season. Hey guys, Chuck Knoll and Bill Belichick are in the Hall of Fame. They've had losing seasons as head coaches before. Tomlin never beats Bill Belichick, and and Chuck Knoll is still the greatest Steeler head coach of all time. Won four Super Bowls. You know, conducted. Uh, the '70s dynasty that was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on, I mean, let, let, let's pay it. Let's pay it. Let's pay attention. I mean, he's won a he's won he's won a handful, if that, of playoff games since the Super Bowl championship back in 2008, which was, which was 12 going on 13 years ago. It's t- I understand that, and he's going to go down historically as the greatest black head coach in the history of the sport and never forget you know and uh, and I I get the, I get the historical significance and how and and right now he's you know he's top 5 best coach in the sport as of right now but let's but you but you got but you got to you got to look at it, look at it with a little bit of objectivity and put everything into into proper perspective okay uh, he never had a losing season Belichick Chuck Knoll have had losing seasons they're in the Hall of Fame, and combined, they have 10 Super Bowls. Mike Tomlin has one. Let's take it easy. Over on the number for the Steelers is at, uh, what did I say it was at? Uh, I lost it. Um, it was at, 
where is it? I lost it. The uh, eight and a half. I had the Steelers finishing in last place at six eleven. One of these days, I'm a guy. One of these days, I'm gonna get it right. And you saw the writing on the wall of how they finished last season. Eventually, the Steelers are just gonna nosedive and have a very subpar, disappointing season. Uh, eventually, sooner rather than later. We, so, with the Steelers at six and six and eleven, the playoff teams at that division. Browns win the division at fourteen and three. Ravens, the wild card team. At uh at thirteen and four, uh you get to the AFC South. The Titans win the division at twelve and five. They're over. They won their division last year, edging the Colts. Colts, excuse me, by an eyelash. Their over under number for the season is at nine. I'll go over with that. They added all pro wide receiver, future Hall of Famer Julio Jones during the off season. Things should be looking up for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill had himself a hell of a season. Defense was not as good in 2020 as it was in 2019. That got them to the AFC Championship game. But the Titans have a good coach. They should be okay. They play in a division that's going to have one of the two, the two worst teams in football in the Jaguars and the hapless Texans. That's four wins right out the gate for Tennessee. And you know that they're going to at least split uh, split their season series with Indianapolis. I have them winning the division at 12 and five. Indianapolis Colts finishing second place, 10 and seven. Uh, it was Philip Rivers that got them to the playoffs. Lost to uh, Buffalo last year. Carson Wentz now uh, now uh, is the man in charge. He's a very injury prone and has a bug up his behind as far as the COVID vaccine, which would concern me. The over number for Indianapolis this season is at nine. Should be a very good team. They can run the ball. Of course, still have T.Y. Hilton. Frank Wright's a hell of a coach. Have the Colts finishing in second place in the division at 10 and 7. Jaguars finishing in third place at 5 and 12. Um, their over under number for the season, if you look, is at. Six and a half, I go under. You know, Urban Meyer, very in, very inexperienced. You're hearing, you know, that you know that he's not exactly uh, Tom Coughlin down there uh, in down there in Jacksonville. He's a old he's an old coach that's been around the block a little bit. That isn't exactly you know that's going to have to prove himself that he can coach at the NFL, coach and coach well and win games at the NFL level. Uh, it is a rebuilding process down there in Jacksonville. I understand I got Trevor Lawrence, but still, um, it's going to be a rebuilding year for for Jacksonville. They'll finish the season at five and twelve. Texans will finish in last place at one and sixteen. I looked at their schedule before I punched up my predictions. I only see honestly one win, and I was being nice about it. I only see them winning one game this season. They're not going to. Uh, they'll pay. They'll essentially play Deshaun Watson not to play. He will sit. Their over under number is four. That's way, 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 way too high. They got a. They got a first year head coach, and I believe his name is uh, David Culley. I believe that's his name. We got Tyrod Taylor starting. It's going to be a long year for the Houston Texans. They'll go one and fifteen and be the worst team in the AFC, finishing in last place in the South, with the Titans being the only team to make the playoffs, uh, winning their division. Kansas City Chiefs will win the division at 14-3. and three. 
Um, Kansas City, of course, back to back AFC champions. Went to Super Bowl last year and one of the worst Super Bowl performances I've ever seen next to the Rams in Super Bowl 53 where their offense did not show up and next to the Denver Broncos who are beyond pathetic against the Seattle Seahawks in Super Bowl 48. That They are up there with Denver and the Rams as one of the three worst Super Bowl performances I've seen in my lifetime as a football fan. Their over-under number is uh, at, is the highest one at 12.5. I will go over with that. Mahomes and, Mahomes and company's got something to prove. They made sure that they invested in their offensive line. They got the offensive lineman uh, from the Ravens to protect uh, Mahomes in the, uh, I believe that was the Sammy Watkins trade. Or not? not it might not. Well, it might. I don't think. I don't think Sam. I. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I believe Sammy Watkins was free agency, but they traded to get a couple of first-round draft picks for the Ravens' offensive lineman and Orlando Brown. So the Chiefs honestly uh, said, uh, "Well, we, we will not have Mahomes essentially turn into Joe Burrow running for his life, where he essentially has five seconds to throw the ball." Uh, before he's going, before his face is pounded into the field turf or the or the uh, or the natural grass, so they revamp the offensive line to protect their franchise and uh, and Super Bowl and NFL MVP and Mahomes. They will be all right. I heard Travis Kelsey do many interviews, whether it was with Pat McAfee, wherever it is. You can tell just how he is and how he's wired that he's still very bothered and annoyed that he lost to Brady in Super Bowl and that they got. Absolutely embarrassed in the Super Bowl. It's going to be one of those moments where you won't hear a lot of that running back crap. They had they for them outside of Tyron Matthew, who still seems a little bit, you know, who need, who might need to be knocked off his high horse one more time because it looks like that he still hasn't, you know, quite learned his lesson when he and his defense got ran up and down the field and was scored. Time after time after time by Brady and the Bucks, but for the most part, it looks like this team swallowed their sharp piece of humble pie and are looking to get their groove and to get their mojo back, trying to make it to three straight Super Bowls, something that hasn't been done since the 2016, 17, and 18 New England Patriots, and trying to threepeat as AFC champions. I think this. I think the uh, L.A. Chargers will finish in second place with a 12 and five record and get a wild card spot uh, in the AFC. Brandon Stolle, uh formerly of uh, the Sean McVay coaching tree, who uh, Jalen Ramsey, who is uh, who I would imagine is not a, di- a huge uh, walk in the park and a, and a day at the beach. The coach he loved them. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to be a phenomenal talent, very underrated coming out of the draft. I understand hindsight is twenty twenty, but he's going to be a hell of a quarterback for them. Um, I understand that they lost the wep- uh, that they lost some weapons in, fr- in during a free agency, but they're going to be they're going to be a good team. Let's see if uh, if they got away from uh, the jinx that was uh, Anthony Lynn. They're over under number, by the way. If you look at that nine and a half, I go over. I think the Chargers make the playoffs, finish the second place at twelve and five. Uh, the Raiders, their over on the number for the season is at. If you go ahead and check, their over on the number for the season is at seven. 
I believe they will push and finish at 7-10. and 10. They got the offensive talent to do so. Dave, uh, Derek Carr is not a slouch at, at, at the quarterback position. My only issue is, is that defense. And John Gruden has made a habit of the uh, Raiders collapsing down the stretch in the second half of the season where they have a chance to make some headway and prove to the league that they are there to stay to make a playoff push and, and, uh, and to make the playoffs as a wildcard team only for them to collapse down the stretch like we saw in 2019 and in 2020, of course, when they uh, blew up where they imploded against Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins on uh, Boxing Day, December 26th, in case you all are not familiar with the Canadian holiday uh, calendar, uh, and collapsed on prime time with that, uh, with, uh, with that phenomenal and miraculous drive by Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins to steal a game against the Raiders on December 26th of 2020, Week 16. Um, and so just a recap for the AFC, you have the Browns, Bills, Titans, Chiefs winning their divisions. I believe the Browns will, win the, will get the number one seed based on the tiebreaker of beating Kansas City in week one on Sunday. I believe the Ravens will have the highest wild card seed in the AFC at the five. Dolphins at the uh, Dolphins at the uh, will get the six or excuse me the Chargers will get the sixth seed at twelve and five, and the Dolphins will get the seventh and final wild card seed um, uh, to round out the AFC playoffs with an eleven and six regular season record. You know it's funny. You know I was down on expanding the playoffs to one extra team, but it's ironic because you know I went through my predictions. You're going to have two teams finish at 500 or better miss the postseason. Uh, according, to, according to my predictions, Colts will finish 10-7 and and miss the playoffs, and the Patriots will finish at 10-7 and and miss the playoffs. So I would think that, you know, you expand the playoffs, you let everybody in, you allow the, 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 for the 2020 Chicago Bears to be the perfect example, finish 8-8 eight and eight and make the postseason when they had no business doing so. But you know, for every Chicago, for every 2020 Chicago Bears, you get the 2020 uh, Miami Dolphins, who went 10 and six, ended up missing the playoffs, even with the added playoff team in each conference. Um, so you go to the NFC playoffs, you go to the NFC East, and you start with the Washington Football Team. Will finish, will win the division at 10 and seven. They got one hell of a defense. Heineke has got heart. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's serviceable, and Ron Rivera's and Ron Rivera's a good coach. Their over under number for the season is at eight and a half. I'll go over. They'll win the, they'll win their division at ten and seven. Cowboys will finish in second place at nine and eight. Their over under number for the season is at nine. I believe they'll push win nine games this season again. Defense question mark. Zeke's fumbling issues, question mark. Health, Dak's health, big question mark. And Mike McCarthy as their head coach, a question mark. Um, finishing in third place in their division is the New York Giants at 5-12. Their over-under number for the season is at uh, 7. I go under. I'm not sold. I'm, Daniel Jones, I don't think, is the answer. Uh, Saquon Barkley's health is going to be a huge question mark. Uh, Evan Ingram uh, cost them a chance to make the playoffs with his key drops he had 
the uh, the uh, Thursday before Election Day um, in the Thursday night game on the road against Philly. And then, of course, I'm not a big Joe Judge guy, you know, treating his players like high school students when he hasn't won a damn thing at the NFL level either. And riding the coattails of Saban and Belichick uh, does not count. And my book, I think the Giants will finish the season at 5-12. and 12. Then, of course, you have the Philadelphia Eagles finishing out the NFC East at 3-14. and 14. Um, Their over-under number for the season is at, let's see, is at, is at 6.5. Uh, I just think it's just going to be a very shaky spot in Philadelphia. Going to be one of those teams that's going to be bad that you won't see coming to begin the season. I think the Eagles will finish the season at 3-14. and 14. NFC North, I have the Packers winning the division. And like I said at the top, you really can make the argument that the Packers could go, or not the Packers, I said that I said it about the Buccaneers, but even the Packers too. You know, I could see them, I, you know, I think that their game, and it all depends on how the flow of the season goes for those two teams. But I think that they're, when they play Kansas City later on in the season, it could be an absolute coin flip. That is the one true loss I see on their schedule. Unless, you know, you can, you can argue, make a solid argument about them, beating, uh, about them beating Cleveland on Christmas. I don't see it myself to begin the season as we sit here in early September. But who knows, things could change. I think they'll win their division, get number one seed in the NFC North based on strength of schedule between them and Tampa uh, and finish with the best record in the NFC for the second straight season in a row and finish the season at 16-1. I believe the Vikings will finish in in second place at 7-10. By the way, the Green Bay over-under for the season is at 10. That is way, 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 way too low. For, the, for a team that finished with the best record in the NFC and has got the defending NFL MVP behind center is going to be motivated as all hell after everything that went down with that organization back in the spring and summertime. Vikings, they're over on the number for the season is at 9. I understand that they got Dalvin Cook. Defense has to improve that defensive minor head coach and uh, Zimmer has put up a shut-up time for him. Dalvin Cook, I understand, best running backs in all of football. Justin Jefferson's one of the bright young talents at wide receiver. I believe Kirk Cousins will be a will be a factor, not just because of just how medi- of a mediocre, overpaid, court, overpaid and overrated quarterback that he is, but also the fact of how of how much of a distraction he's going to be because he's hell bent on not getting that freaking COVID vaccine, which I will never understand for the life of me. Uh, for the life of me, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think the Vikings will finish the season uh, at seven and ten. The Chicago Bears will finish in third at five and twelve. Their overall number for the season uh, is at seven and a half. I understand they got a good defense, and you would figure Justin Fields is going to start at some point this season, and he's going to give them a couple of wins. But their offensive line is very, very, very spotty. I have them finishing the season. At five and twelve, finishing third place in the AFC North, and then in fourth place, I have the Detroit Lions going winless. Their over/under number for the season is at four. I go under with that. There's not a game I can find on their schedule, hand, uh, hand, hand on Bible. I swear to you, 
I, I, you know, I've been quiet on as far as how to read Dan Campbell. Him with the with the eating kneecaps and the and the goofy press conference sound bites. You know, how about you win a game first? Sit up here trying to trying to win. You know, sound bite of the day, being goofy in front of the Detroit in front of the Detroit media, huh? Dan Campbell. I mean, can, can I mean, can you not be such an embarrassment? Just keep your mouth shut, put your head down, and see if you can try to win a couple games with Jared Goff. The hapless Jared Goff at quarterback before you, you know, start trying to be funny in your press conferences. I don't understand the situation at all. There's not a game I look at on the schedule that I that I see that the, that the Detroit Lions can get can uh, can bring home a W for their long-suffering fan base. The South, I said it about the Packers. Same thing for the Buccaneers, and more so about them because they have a much much easier schedule. And the only game I can see them losing that I don't think they would lose would be their game in October against the Patriots. Brady's return to Foxborough. The defending Super Bowl champs brought back every single one of their starters at 16-1. and I believe they'll win the division. Wouldn't shock me if they finished the regular season undefeated. They look to be the first team since the 4 Patriots to repeat as Super Bowl champions. I believe the Saints, first year without Drew Brees, They'll be bouncing around on the road outside of New Orleans because of the fact that they, uh, because of the, because of the uh, effects of Hurricane, uh, of Hurricane Ida. So they will be away from that. Their home, their uh, season opener against Green Bay will be in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, for a perfect example, you know, Jameis Winston, how he will perform. And will he turn over a new leaf from his 30 interception season his last year as a starting quarterback 2019 with Tampa remains to be seen uh, and, and is a huge question mark uh, on accounts of them. Not to mention no Mike Thomas to begin to begin the season with the uh, with the injury that he's going uh, through that's going to sideline him to begin the uh, to begin the season. Pa uh, by the way, the Saints over under for the season is at. Is at nine? Is that nine? Yes, it's at nine. I go under with that. The first season at eight and nine. I understand defense still still good, uh, and their running back Alvin Kamara is the best in football. But quarterback play, you know, very dicey situation for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Panthers will finish in third at six and eleven. Uh, I just don't trust the team with Sam Darnold on that quarterback. That's my reason there. I understand Rule was a good coach and they played hard for him, but I don't think Sam Darnold's the long-term answer there. Falcons at 5-12, the rebuilding year, first-year head coach Arthur Smith. Um, then, of course, you go to the NFC West, which is which is by far the best division in football this season. Heading into the season, I think throughout the season they will be they will prove their moxie to be their best division uh, in football. I think the Seahawks will win the division at fourteen and three, um, uh, and then their over under excuse me their over over under number for the season is at for Seattle uh, ten. You know, you got Russ Wilson at quarterback. You're going, you're going to make the playoffs just by default. That's that's just how good and how valuable he is. Now, make your past second round of the playoffs. Eh, you know, I probably not. But you're gonna, but you're gonna win more than nine games a season, and you're going to make the playoffs. I believe in the in the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era. I believe this is going off the top of my head that they've only missed the playoffs one time.
uh, in the Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era. I believe they will win the, win the division at 14-3. and three. I believe the 49ers will finish in second place by two games as the as the as a wild card team, the first wild card team in the NFC at uh 12 and 5. Their over under number for the season is at uh is at 10 and a half. I go over with that. They you know, everybody was healthy. They made the Super Bowl. Hell of a defense. George Kittle one of the best tight ends in the game. Jimmy Garoppolo a serviceable and a respectable quarterback at the position came within an eyelash of winning the Super Bowl. And if he did that, Trey Lance would not be on the roster, um, you know, threatening to take his job. Um, you heard my opinion on, on that whole thing. Why uh, Kyle Shanahan is so trigger-happy on replacing a quarterback who the last time he played a full season got them to the Super Bowl and was within an eyelash of winning them the Super Bowl, and why he's so trigger-happy on Trey Lance out of uh, North Dakota State. <clears throat> Uh, I have no idea, and Shanahan from a from a you know from afar gives off the impression that he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, which uh, which I don't which I do not like. Yeah, this is the same guy that has blown two Super Bowls within the last five years. But I think the 49ers will finish the second place, get the first wild card spot at ten, at twelve and five. I believe the Rams will finish season at ten and seven with the six with the uh, with the second wild card spot, six seed in the NFC at ten and seven. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I believe, at best will be serviceable. Not anything to write home about. Uh, they will miss the presence of Cam Makers, but they got a hell of a defense and a good coach in McVay. The Rams over under over under number for the season is at is at ten and a half. I think they'll push go ten and seven, get the sixth seed. And in fourth place, finishing in last will be the Arizona Cardinals, finishing at nine and eight, the equivalent, the seventeen-game schedule equivalent to nine and seven, as the seventh and final uh, playoff team, seventh and final playoff team in the NFC, the third and final wildcard team in the in the in the NFC playoffs. With the tie, I believe uh, they and they and Dallas will finish with the same record. I believe that their game but against Dallas in Week 17 will determine who gets that seventh and final wild card spot in the NFC playoffs. I believe the Card I believe the Cardinals uh, will edge the Cowboys uh, in that one. Finish the season at nine and eight and make the playoffs and get that seventh wild card spot in the NFC playoffs. So just to recap at home, weird. Weird. All four teams, and if you want, if you want a little something that you can, you know, that you can, you know, write down and save for later, or tweet it out, or whatever you want to do with it, or say, huh, very interesting. All all four teams in the NFC West make the playoffs. Seahawks win the division. The three wild card teams: 49ers, Rams, Cardinals. Twelve and five, ten and seven, nine and eight. Seahawks win the division at fourteen and three. If you if you want to call that a uh, a a uh, a bold predictions hot take, go right ahead, do what you want. Tweet me, tag, tweet at me, tag me, do whatever, do it, do whatever uh, you shall please. But to get to the uh, conference championship game predictions and uh, the Super Bowl conference championship game is going to be Browns versus the Chiefs. I think the Browns going to go, are going to have a magical year and make the AFC Championship game for the first time in a generation plus. Chiefs will make some history and get to 
They're, what, 18, 19, 20, 20, their fourth straight AFC championship game. Um, and then, and then in the Nash, and then in the National Football Conference, I believe you have a repeat of last year's game between the uh, between Tampa and the Packers. Super Bowl Fifty Six will be the Kansas City uh, Chiefs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers repeating as Super Bowl champions, the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champs since the two thousand three two thousand four Patriots. So, either one or two things. Two, we won't get the same Super Bowl matchup a second straight year, or because because every Super Bowl I pick, I you know I jinx it. Twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen, I had Jaguars and Eagles that blew up in my face. Two thousand nineteen, I had uh, I had the uh, Saints and Patriots that didn't happen, and then last year I had Ravens and Saints. So we'll uh, we'll uh, now we won't be different, but we'll you know see if we can either break the either break the curse and look and look like a genius, or jinx the two teams where we'll have a uh, a fresh difference uh, a fresh new Super Bowl where uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are not competing in it. So I'll either look like a genius, a la Tony Romo on uh, Thanksgiving Sunday. Uh, and predict the Buccaneers and Chiefs with the Buccaneers repeating, and and it happens, and I look like a genius uh, come uh, come mid February when the uh, when the season when the NFL season dust settles, or I jinx those two teams and you get I don't know uh, uh, Cleveland or you get uh, Buffalo and the Packers in the in the Super Bowl the Super Bowl I wanted. Uh, heading in a conference championship weekend back in January remains to be seen. Uh, award predictions: Rodgers, I believe, wins back-to-back NFL MVPs. Patrick Mahomes was an Offensive Player of the Year. Miles Garrett wins Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Mac Jones wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Patrick Sertain wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. My man Joe Burrow. Leads the Bengals to a seven and ten record, puts up impressive and uh, and uh, jaw dropping numbers, wins comeback player of the year. Brandon Staley gets the Chargers to the playoffs. First year head coach for them, takes home coach of the year uh, when the season is all said and done. So there you have it, your 2021 NFL season predictions. Week one picks to close out the program. I'm going to tell like a TIS podcast. Welcome back to the I'm Telling TIS Podcast 2021 NFL 2021 NFL Season Preview Show. So we got our predictions out the way. We previewed Buccaneers. Uh, we previewed Buccaneers and Saints. There's a couple of matchups that I am interested in as far as week as far as week one in the, in the National Football League is concerned. Um, game number one that I want to that I want to talk about is the Steelers and the Colts, and I'll give you my picks to close out the program. Um, it's the Steelers and the Colts. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks 
coming into this coming into this season where they got to make some headway. You know, they are another team like the Rams that need to make another NFC Championship game appearance if I want to take them seriously as a big time postseason contender for years down the road. Um, you know, C- Seattle has not made the NFC Championship since uh, since 2014 with that miracle victory over the Packers. 2015, they got knocked out in the divisional round against uh, against Carolina. Six or it was either 16 or 17. I, I'm gonna double check that, but they didn't make they didn't make the playoffs. Or not didn't make the playoffs. They got knocked out. Um, first round by a division by a team that they had that they had the beat to win the division two weeks prior, and the uh, in the L. A. Rams, uh, they okay so they did make the playoffs in sixteen, beat the Lions, got knocked out in the second round to the Falcons, who went on to go to the Super Bowl. Um, two thousand seventeen, they went nine and seven, missed the playoffs. That's the only time in the Russell Wilson P. Carroll era that they that they had failed to make failed to miss the playoffs was in two thousand seventeen when they went nine and seven. Two thousand eighteen, they make the playoffs, get knocked out in the first round on the road to the Cowboys, a the game they had zero business losing. And then in two thousand nineteen, they barely beat the Eagles because they knock out Carson. And went early with a concussion, uh, and it's Josh McCown trying to get the uh, Eagles another, pl- trying to get the Eagles a playoff win, not Nick Foles. And then, of, and then they get knocked out in the second round to the Green Bay Packers, twenty-eight twenty-three. And then last season, they got knocked out in the first round and get totally ambushed by the Los Angeles by the Los Angeles Rams at home in, in front of nobody. But still, it's a bad loss. So the Seahawks have to show a little something. Colts first game Carson uh, Carson Wentz's uh, NFL uh, NFL or not NFL but Colts season debut. Interesting to see how much how good of a start they get off to going up against the Seattle Seahawks defense. That's going to be an interesting game to keep your eye on in Week One. That's game number one. Game number two is the Cardinals and the Titans. Uh, again, like I said with the Cardinals, it's put up a shut-up time for Cliff Kingsbury. Interesting to see how J.J. Watt does in his, uh, in, his new, in his new Cardinal uniform. He knows the Titans better than anybody on that Cardinal defense, having gone up against them twice a year, you know, for nearly a, dec- for nearly a decade. Uh, and then see if and I'm also interested interested to see how and if the same the St. Louis Cardinals the Arizona Cardinals get AJ Green into the mix as far as their offensive game plan, uh, you know, because a lot of teams a lot of teams going to you know no Larry Fitzgerald so you know if the opportunity is there for AJ Green to visit the fountain of youth so to speak if he stays healthy and if he stays on the field has an opportunity for him. To do big things for the uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, he and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, be a Batman and Robin for the Cardinals. And if Cliff Kingsbury's god awful coaching and piss poor uh, time and in game management doesn't come back to bite them in the ass, they should be in good shape. Um, and of course with the Titans, same thing with them. How they get Julio Jones involved in their offense and and uh, and how he and AJ Brown. Uh, how you know how how often will both of those guys uh, get get their touches along with making sure uh, King Henry is running the ball down the defense's throat? 
uh, as well. And Ryan Tannehill also as well, who had a good season last year. That should be interesting. That's game number two. Game number three, Steelers and the Bills. Uh, this team, these two teams playing each other for the third year in a row. Uh, both both meetings, the Steelers came out on the short end of the stick. I'd expect them to to uh, to make it a uh, a third straight a, a third straight time they lose to Buffalo will the Steelers start will the Steelers essentially start the same way they did last season and come out guns blazing firing out of the gate to begin the season or will they or will the disappointment and a pure shock and essentially seeing the writing on the wall that reared its uh, that reared its head and revealed itself in the uh, in the Browns playoff game back in January, go ahead and essentially be, uh, you know, will, will be the Steelers story, uh, through the, throughout the 2021 season. And then of course the Buffalo bills coming off of their first AFC championship game appearance in over 20 years. Be interesting to see how, uh, how they, how they do already got having a taste in their mouth of what it feels like to be at the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, and essentially having to regroup and reflect and learn from your mistakes on that and and have to start all over again right back from square one the following season. They should get things done against Pittsburgh, but that will be an interesting game to keep an eye on come Sunday, September the 12th. Uh, the Cleveland Browns go up against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's the that's the game of the weekend, folks, right there. Um, I think it has the potential to be the AFC Championship game preview. Uh, and those two team, those two played a fantastic game. As you see, uh, classic playoff football back in January. Browns came within and came within. Uh, came, they were a Chad Henney third and long scramble and a Tyree kill jet pass away from making it to the AFC Championship game. You know Cleveland has a bad taste in their mouth from that, also because of the fact that, you know, that the, the Soringen helmet-to-helmet hit should have been called. They were on the short end of the stick of that stupid asinine touchback rule. Browns should be hungry, keep an eye on them, and also the Chiefs should be hungry as well, trying to get the bad taste out of their mouth of getting embarrassed 31-9 to in the Super Bowl. Uh, seven months ago, uh, Packers and the Saints is interesting just only because of the fact that you see what Jameis does in a uh, in a New Orleans State uniform. The game once again will be played in Jacksonville because of the events of Hurricane uh, Irma, Ira, whatever it is. Uh, and then of course with the Green Bay Packers, after all the turmoil and all the gossip and all the. Uh, in the TMZ like news and, and reality show drama type storylines that transpired essentially from draft night, the last, uh, the last, uh, what day or last Thursday in, uh, April up until, uh, the final week of the month of July, how the Packers res will respond will be very, will be very intriguing and very interesting on that account. And then, of course, the Dolphins and the Patriots, two division rivals going at it. Well, the Dolphins, interesting, and I will uh, be cl uh, clued in to see how Tua will play against the against the Patriots, who I have a lot of, who got a lot of guys back that were out last season, sat out during the COVID season. Kyle Van Noy, Hightower, just the name, just Hightower, just to name a few. And then, of course, the debut. With Mac Jones to see how he how see how he plays and see how uh, his day at the office goes against that very good 
uh, Miami Dolphin defense. And then the Monday night game between the Ravens and the Raiders. With the story with the Raiders, it's not essentially what the Raiders do in September, October, and pre-Thanksgiving. It's what the Raiders do after Thanksgiving and in the month of December is when is when we'll have an idea and have and have a sense of what the Raiders' true identity really is as a football team. Because if you go off the last couple of years, you know you'd think after you think after the first two months of the season that the Oakland Raiders would be would be a sure lock to play in the playoffs come January and every single late November slash December they've they've done nothing but fall flat on their face and collapse like a cheap tent when the games uh, when the games started getting uh, when the game importance starting to started to rise with that with every game and every uh, passing week that went by and of course with the Baltimore Ravens how they're going to do uh, how they're going to do it? Well, I want to see Sammy Watkins get a lot of action. I want to see him. I want to see Lamar Jackson target him early and often. Get him involved in the offense. I want to see how how what how much he how much he gels well uh, within that Raven offense. I want to see how the run how the how uh, the Ravens and Harbaugh and um, what's his face uh, the offensive coordinator uh, slips my name. Uh, God, what's his name? Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Oh, shoot. Um, it'll come to me. But how the Raven, how the Ravens' offense uh, will try what Lamar Harbaugh and um, his name is on the tip of my tongue. Uh, you all are probably screaming at me what what the offensive coordinator's um, name is. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. But how they will get, uh, how the running backs will do, of course, with no J.K. Dobbins and and their other running back that hurt them, that got hurt and is out for the season uh, last week. Be interesting to see. It'll be uh, Gus Edwards, and then of uh, and then of course uh, the other running back I mentioned uh, the previous segment. And then of course you, and then of course Le'Veon Bell, I would imagine, would join them later in the season. But I want to see how the Ravens' running game functions with no J.K. Dobbins. I want to see how the if if and how the passing game improves and if they get uh, Sammy Watkins involved in the offense and in the passing game early and often. And I want to see how the Ravens' defense does, especially with uh, Matthew Judon out the door with the New England uh, Patriots. I need to Google that. Uh, the Ravens' offensive coordinator's name, because it's eating me. It's eating me alive right now. And I, his name is on the tip. His name is on the tip of my tongue. I just, oh God, what is his name? Um, not Eric DaCosta. Wink Martindale's defensive coordinator. Oh God, what is his name? Uh, I have to look it up because I'm drawing a blank right now and it's frustrating as hell. Um, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Uh, that's the roster. I don't want the roster. I want their offensive, I want their offensive coordinator. Um, what is his name? What in the hell is his name? Uh, go to my facts and figures book because Google is doing me uh, no favors. Let me see. 
I once I once I find out what it is, I'm gonna be kicking myself for the rest of the day. Um, kicking myself for the rest of the day. This is ridiculous. This is just oh, I hate that. Don't you hate it when this happens? You trying to figure out trying to figure out what somebody's name is or who somebody is on on what organization, and you can't think of. You can't think of the damn name of the guy. Um, God, this is so frustrating. Um, once stand by. I apologize. This is uh, what is his name? The offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Trust me, come mid-October, mid-November, December, January, I can name you, I'll be able to name you their entire coaching staff. It's, it's knocking the rust off when it comes to, you know, getting back into the football groove. Uh, let's see. Club officials. I know who the owner is. Scouts. I don't want the scouts. Um, Harbaugh, who is the Ravens offense? <laughs> this is, in the back of my mind, I'm saying Mike Nolan, but that's not his name. Greg Roman, that's, ah, I, I, it's, I'm saying, my, in the back of my head, I'm just like, Mike Nolan, Mike, it's like, no, it's not Mike Nolan, it's Greg Roman, so I was, I was in the neighborhood, interesting to see how Greg Roman and Lamar and Harbaugh get, uh, get Sammy Watkins involved in the passing game, sorry about that, I was drawing blanks, I knew I was going to get, I knew I was going to get it, but anyway, um, and then, of course, you have, yeah, so then uh, that was my Raiders and uh, Ravens. Like, that was the last one I needed. Um, that, that was my last point I needed to clarify. Because I'm sitting up here and I was like, it's not, my, it's not Mike Nolan, but I know his last name begins in Olin. And it was Greg Roman. So, thanks. Uh, it took me a while to find it through the PDF in my Facts and Figures book that Mad Dog swears. You know, the Mad Dog brags about him having the physical copy as if, he has the fir- as if he got the as if he got the first ever uh, printing of the Bible. Like, oh my, we we you, we can find it, dog. We can find it. Take it easy. Anyway, um, just ha- having some fun. Laugh, dog. That was funny. I know you're listening. Um, but anyway, you know what you know what time it is. Each and every uh, week during the NFL season, from week one up until the Super Bowl, it is time for the picks in the league where they play. For pay. Game number one, Thursday, the Dallas Cowboys take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored minus eight points. I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the football game by the final score of 31 to 17. The Minnesota Vikings going up against my Cincinnati Bengals. The Vikings are favored by a field goal. Give me my Bengals to win the game by a field goal by the final score of 24-21. to 21. 
the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons favorite minus three points. Give me the Atlanta Falcons to win the game by the final score of 26 to 20. The Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills favorite minus six and a half. Give me the Buffalo Bills to win the game by the final score of 27 to 17. The San Francisco 49ers going up against the Detroit Lions. San Francisco favorite minus seven and a half. Give me the San Francisco 49ers to win the game by the final score of 35 to three. The Arizona Cardinals going up against the Tennessee Titans. Titans favored by a field goal. Give me the Tennessee Titans to win the game by a field goal by the final score of 24 to 21. The Seattle Seahawks going up against the Indianapolis Colts. The Seattle Seahawks favorite minus two and a half. Give me the Seahawks to win the game by the final score of 27 to 21. The Los Angeles Chargers going up against the Washington football team. Chargers are favored by a point. Give me the Los Angeles Chargers to win the game by the final score of 26 to 23. The New York Jets going up against the Carolina Panthers. Carolina's favorite minus five points. Give me the Carolina, excuse me, give me the New York Jets to win the game. Robert Sala gets his first victory as New York Jets head coach by the final score of 21 to 13. The Jacksonville Jaguars going against the Houston Texans. Jags favored minus two and a half. Give me the Jags to win the game by the final score of 31 to 17. The Cleveland Browns against the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City's favorite minus six points. Give me the Cleveland Browns to win the game in a shootout by the final score of 35 to 28. The Miami Dolphins going up against the New England Patriots. Patriots favored by a field goal. Give me the Miami Dolphins to win the game by the final score of 17-14. Packers versus the New Orleans Saints. Packers favored by four points this game being played in Jacksonville. I will take the Packers to win the game by the final score of 24 to 20. Denver versus the Giants. Denver's favored by a field goal. Give me the Denver Broncos to win this game by the final score of 24 to 21. The Chicago Bears going up against the Los Angeles Rams. Give me, or excuse me, let me give you the point spread first. Rams favorite minus seven and a half. Sunday night game that's gonna wanna that's gonna make you go to that's gonna make you wanna go to bed on the East Coast a quarter to eleven at night, uh, if not sooner, a quarter to ten. I mean Andy Dalton versus Matt Stafford on Sunday night football to begin the season. I mean really NFL really NBC. Um, but anyway, it's uh, the aforementioned uh, boring, although big market. But who cares? Because whenever they play, it makes for boring, lousy, unentertaining lethargic football between the Bears and the Rams. Rams favorite minus seven and a half. 
Give me the uh, give me the Los Angeles Rams to win this game by the final score of twenty two thirteen. And then, of course, the Monday night game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. Baltimore favored minus four and a half. Give me the Ravens to win the game by the final score of 31 to 24. And those are your week one picks against the spread. Uh, I'd love to do these and I will do uh, and I will pick games against the spread or excuse me with the spread in mind against spread whatever you want to call it uh, each and every week prior to uh, prior to the weekend of NFL action as uh, you got your what so you're all set you got your wild card game uh, with uh, with Dallas versus Tampa you have uh, you you have my two cents on Pittsburgh versus uh on Pittsburgh versus Buffalo, the Seahawks versus the uh, the Seahawks and the Colts, the uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots, the uh, Browns versus the Browns versus Kansas City, the Ravens versus the Raiders. Um, any other matchup I'm forgetting? Uh, any other one? Um, Cardinals versus the Cardinals versus the Titans. Uh, so you are all set for your week one and I gave you my predictions and everything else. I will put them up on my I will put them up on my social media at the J Shield. Also be sure to follow the show uh on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast. The show on Twitter at Amatella underscore it is it is your boy Jai Shields. Hey happy three year anniversary to the Amatella Catalias podcast. Don't be afraid to tweet to tweet that out. Tag me in the show. Shout that out. Appreciate the love and support. That's your 2021 NFL season preview. I'm your boy, Jai Shields. Talk to you next time. Enjoy the football. See you.